wouldn't it be great to be able to kind of crank up that mitochondria with a good diet, a little bit of exercise, and a whole slew of nutrients. And that's kind of been my focus for my patients as I always look at that because I know if I can get their cells health good, their body just feels better. It runs better. And that's been that's been the approach that I've used, I think, which is much different than a lot of physicians. And it was something that I kind of backed into a long time ago when I was in residency, having some issues with my own fatigue. <laughs> from working way too many hours. (laughs) Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Anna Kabeca. I am here with my colleague and friend, Dr. Anthony Capasso, who has a clinic down south of me here in Florida in Jacksonville Beach, right Anthony? Are you Ponte Vedra or Jack's Beach? Jack's Beach. And he just has an amazing practice. Him and I sat on a scientific medical advisory board for years, again, with some of the most brilliant people. And I I love Dr. Anthony Capasso because he combines functional medicine, age management medicine, holistic medicine, plus just that great clinical skill. Like he's a doctor you want to talk to. They call me the girlfriend doctor because people feel comfortable talking with me about anything. Same with Anthony. He's like the you want to be the boyfriend doctor? I don't know. It just doesn't have the same. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if that one will work. I don't know if that'll Especially work. Especially since I'm married. <laughs> I don't want to be the boyfriend doctor. Everyone's boyfriend. But, uh, Everyone's boyfriend. There and you so, go. There you go. Anthony, so many times, like I, I get, I'm able to help women through. And, and I know in my practice, they would bring in their husband and say, okay, now I'm feeling better. You know, what can you do for my husband, help me, or what can you do for my man? Or what are the health aspects that men are struggling with that you see most commonly right now that are like, let's let's hit the quick fix, but really what's some of the, the struggles that men are having right now, especially when they're our age. We're both 53, y'all. We're rocking 53. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The two main things that I see with the men is number one, low testosterone is pretty much at an epidemic in the men that I see, even at a young age, much, much younger. When I first started 26 years ago, and I was looking at hormone levels in guys, the levels were much, much higher than they are now. And I think a lot of the environment plays a role, especially the xenoestrogens in our our environment, which are the chemicals that kind of act like estrogen and really disrupt, but it's amazing how low testosterone is one of the major kind of clinical things hormonally wise that I'll see in guys. It'll affect sleep. So they'll come in and they'll have weight gain. They'll have poor sleep. They'll have decreased focus, decreased endurance. And then obviously, you know, libido and erectile issues if it gets really, really low. So that's one of the main things that I'll see. And a lot of times it can be corrected with just diet exercise and and some resistance training without having to go on you know replacement therapy and then the other big thing that i see is just because of the what i call the sad the standard american diet the effect metabolically that it has so the metabolic syndromes that i see is just through the roof and, and again it's just lifestyle and diet in our country eating really poor nutrient content foods, high calories, high sugars, and the effect it has metabolically on their bodies is, you know, there a lot of early type 2 diabetes, a lot of horrible cholesterol dyslipidemia patients that I see, 
and all that inflammation in their body makes them feel exhausted, tired. Then they end up having gut issues. And, you know, most of the guys coming in aren't going to, aren't going to complain at all of any of these things, you know, other than the fact that they're, you know, they gained a little bit of weight and yeah, they know they need to exercise more and reduce their calories. But in general, the metabolic disorders and the hormone disorders that I see is pretty rampant. It's pretty rampant. And you know what, I, let's yeah. call it what it is. What we're seeing more of are the fat, sad dad, right? The fat, sad dad. <laughs> fat, sad dad. It's true. It's true. And it's heartbreaking because you know, I see testimonials within our community when they shift out of that, right? They, they thought this is, you know, this is what was destiny for them. And so they shift out of that and they're feeling stronger. They're feeling better. They lose the excess weight. And it's really a big deal because in Keto Green 16, I put a whole men's chapter in because we cannot leave our men behind. They're struggling too. And as women are are taking control and getting healthy, we really want our guys to as well. You know something, Anthony, that you see this in clinical practice, I'm sure, is that, you know, when you know, guys, when they, when they're on board, when they buy in, they make those changes and we see results quickly, right? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I have a a gentleman that I saw today. In fact, he lost 30 pounds. He actually lives in Tennessee and he comes and visits me and, um, incredible change in regards to, there are some people and guys I think are, are a little more, you have to pretty much tell them what to do and they'll do it. I would say a lot more than my female patients, but it, it varies. But he, you know, it's just remarkable when they start changing what they did in their diet, how they feel and exercising. And and then, then you start looking at their all their metabolic markers and their inflammation markers. They all go down, cholesterol goes down, blood pressure goes down. In fact, today was a great day because, you know, I was able to take him off all of his meds. So he was on a blood pressure medication, lost all the weight, doesn't need to be on it. That's a great day for me. That's a great um, so, day. Yeah, very, very proud that, that you know, I mean, I'm, you know, changing people's lives without putting them on medications because, unfortunately, insurance companies, you know, they uh, are, you know, they like, they like patients being on meds. I mean, it's kind of mandated if you've got cholesterol issues, you know, you have to put everyone on a stat, which I think is just the worst thing in the world for us to be doing. I agree 100%. In fact, I was... At the medical conference, a family physician medical conference, when they were saying the so-called rules that are being put in place, if your cholesterol is above this on the second, third visit, and they're not on a statin, we're going to call that malpractice. And in fact, instead of asking, okay, look, how do we need to look at this cholesterol? Why is it high? You know, is it heavy metals? Is it thyroid issues? Is it estrogen dominance? I mean, why? Ask the question, why? I agree hundred percent and we're graded on it. In fact, not only graded, but if we don't do it, we get dinged in regards to, you know, because of how the rules changed in insurance-based medicine, that's financial in the ACO world, which is, you know, has to do with unfortunately how primary care is getting paid now. You know, you have to do this and you're considered a good doctor if you put everyone on a statin. Well, those are those are potentially super toxic drugs. And I don't think everyone needs to be on it, especially not for primary prevention. Secondary prevention, if you've had a heart attack, if you've had type 2 diabetes, you know, and you're very, very high risk, and we can't get it below the levels that we need to with natural things and, and lifestyle changes, then I think it's okay as long as we're mitigating the side effects with things like CoQ10 and vitamin D and, and, and really watching that because, you know, statins are 
you know, they affect mitochondrial function, which, as you know, is one of my main focuses for my patients is getting their mitochondria back into a good place. Well, and that's because it's blocking the production of CoQ10, an enzyme we need for cardiac health, for brain health, for everything. Let's talk about that a minute because statins also, in a, a earlier study in 2010 in a heart publication, was the study looking at, I think it was over 2,000 men who were on statin medications, and they had a significantly reduced number of testosterone. They were hypogonadal. They had low testosterone levels. You know, anyone on a statin, their testosterone levels are now pretty much expected to drop. Right. And and the reason is, is that statins, like you said, they affect CoQ10. And CoQ10 is involved with, um, you know, ATP production and mitochondria. And when you, when you injure your mitochondria, mitochondria are involved with not only the energy production, they're your metabolism centers, but they're involved with estrogen and testosterone synthesis in your body. So if you're affecting the main organelle in your cells that you know are involved with how your cells work, especially with hormones, yeah, you're going to expect to see a, a dip in, in testosterone and then, of course, vitality. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, too, one thing that I've seen happening more is, is just more treating with testosterone versus getting to the underlying cause of why the testosterone is low to begin with. And I think that's a really big problem that I'm seeing now because we're going to affect total testosterone production for the rest of that man's life. And we're seeing it younger and younger and younger, right? So can you talk a little bit about that? That's critical. You know, it's important always to understand the why. As you mentioned, there's a lot of reasons that testosterone can be low. And one of the things is just hormone imbalances like high cortisol. You know, if you've got high cortisol, it kind of affects every hormone downstream from thyroid to estrogen to testosterone. And so being super stressed, being always stressed, kind of that wired and tired person, you know, you're going to see dips in those hormones. And in regards to, you know, hormone levels, like what's the right level, this and that, you know, I was always trained and I think it's appropriately that it's really based on symptoms, right? If you don't really have symptoms and your hormones are on a low to, to normal range, I don't necessarily think that you need to be on replacement therapy, but I, I think you need to look at diet because diet plays a big role with hormones. And if you lower, for instance, cholesterol too low, I mean, testosterone is derived from cholesterol. The other thing is just, you know, environmental toxicities, I think, have played a huge role. Plastics in the environment, I think, are probably one of the big contributors to why I'm seeing such low testosterone. So the number one reason you're seeing low testosterone is from dietary changes. Well, I think so. I think diet plays a huge role. And I think environmental toxicities, I think that, you know, that the amount of plastics that we get exposed to really play in and, and the xenoestrogens, you know, all the, the chemicals that are in products that we, we lather on our body and um, drink out of heat, heat up, whatever the case may be, definitely affects it. I mean, that's the only thing that I think has, you know, we know that the chemicals have increased every year. I mean, it's crazy when you look at when you look at that in our exposures, and I think it's just the ability of our bodies to handle that load. And um, But it definitely affects. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind it affects it. And like I said, there's a, a lot more guys that I see now with super low levels. And it's crazy because I've, I, you know, I've got some elderly patients in their mid-60s that have natural testosterone levels in the 1200 range. 
And I'm like, so, okay, what are you guys doing? And the, you know, the, the thing that I see in all of them, they all exercise on a regular basis. They do a little bit of weightlifting, a little bit of aerobic exercise, and their diets are typically lower in carbohydrates and high in healthy fats. And I think that seems to be the, you know, the, the best for um, how to keep that testosterone elevated. And then sleep, you know, if you're not sleeping, and that's the other big thing, you know, that we'll see, like lack of sleep will drop your, your tea down. And then the other thing I tell guys is like, look, this is a pulsatile thing. It's going to pop up and pop down. And you can't just go by one number and say, oh, it's low all the time. Again, it's clinically, how do you feel? Are your symptoms, you know, do they correlate with your blood levels? And then also understanding total testosterone and free testosterone. So you need to understand that totals bound to protein, which isn't necessarily as active as your free testosterone is. And then there's this hormone, there's this protein that kind of runs around called sex hormone binding globulin or SHBG that if that's really, really high, it will make your bioavailable testosterone really, really low. Yeah, but let's with that sex hormone binding globulin, because that is really a fascinating hormone to look at when we're measuring. And it's often not a test that I've seen people have when they bring in labs for me to review. And so let's talk about, and it's, it's really important because we're only getting a part of the picture if we don't look at it. Plus, if we're able to follow it over time, any shifts in it can tell us something else is going on. So let's talk about sex hormone binding globulin in uh, a little bit. That's something that I routinely check. When I'm doing the hormone evaluation, I want to know everything. I want the full picture in front of me because it's important to understand what's happening, right? So I want to know what, what the brain hormones are saying. For instance, LH, you know, that's one of the hormones that the pituitary will kick out to tell the testes to make testosterone. If that's low and your testosterone's low, then it tells me, okay, so maybe there's something going on in the brain that's suppressing that hormone. Maybe you've had a head injury. Concussions, common, you know, we don't think about it, but, you know, that could be a reason why a guy's testosterone is low. Or, you know, maybe they're, they've got a pituitary adenoma that's pushing. And so I'll measure another hormone called prolactin. And so if that's really, really high and their testosterone is low, then it lets me know that this is something central, centrally mediated. If the LH is high and the testosterone is low, then it tells me it's more testicular dysfunction. Again, just, it just helps to identify the area that may not be working as well. And there are ways of kind of kickstarting that system sometimes that you don't necessarily need to be on long-term hormone replacement and you can use, you know, different things for that. But that SHBG, as you mentioned, it's, it's interesting because if it's elevated, then a lot of times they'll, and I've had guys that have had relatively normal total testosterones, low normal free testosterone, but elevated S, you know, the, the sex hormone binding globulin and, you know, they, they have all the symptoms because they're bio bioavailable, super low, you know, what causes that? I, I think, gosh, um, I think, you know, the xenoestrogens probably being one of the more common things. Um, I don't know what you see. I see it elevated in, in, in women much more that have been on um, hormone replacement. On hormone replacement or with PCOS. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I do xenoestrogens, um, estrogen, you know, estrogen dominance will oftentimes cause that to increase. And then if there's thyroid dysfunction, that can also uh, affect our sex hormone binding globulin as well. So let's talk about like, okay, so before we 
call, you know, essentially say, okay, well, we need to get testosterone on board. Let's talk about the resuscitation of the male. We've got keto greens and we're going to get them keto green. We're going to get them intermittent fasting. We're definitely getting them doing high intensity exercises and getting a good night's sleep. And then, so we're going to tweak this because like, we just can't get well without this part, right? We just can't get well without those, those things. And so now the part that you love is that mitochondrial resuscitation, right? Is that mitochondrial <laughs> resuscitation? And which is important, yeah. our ovaries are full of mitochondria, right? Our testes are full of mitochondria. Our heart is full. I mean, our body, that's the powerhouse of our cells. And so for us to have energy function appropriately, have hormone balance, this is a, this is a big part of fine-tuning our health. Absolutely. So... What most people don't realize how important it is. And I see it. I mean, it is, if you're taking medications, if you're fatigued, if you're tired, there's, you've got some form of mitochondrial dysfunction. And I kind of call it exhausted mitochondrial syndrome because it's, it's not the genetic mitochondrial issues that you'll read about, but it's the fact that statins affect it. Blood pressure medicines like beta blockers, anxiety, antidepressant medicines all affect mitochondria. And when the when the mitochondria aren't kicking out enough energy, you're going to feel tired, you're going to feel weak, and you start slowly gaining weight, and the body just ages a whole lot quicker. So, you know, to me, one of the best ways of slowing your aging down is to focus on mitochondrial health, and diet plays a huge role. Like, you know, I think one of the, the biggest drivers of mitochondrial dysfunction that I see is, as I mentioned, the, the sad standard American diet because what we know is, is that as, carb, as, as your body takes in carbohydrates and the mitochondria burn those carbohydrates, the byproducts that are produced, we call these re, reactive oxygen species, what they do is they injure the mitochondria. So over time, you start to injure the mitochondria. And you know, normally as we age, you, know, you get into your 30s and 40s, there's a 5 to 10% drop in mitochondrial number. What we know is, is to be healthy, you want higher numbers and higher function. And we can do that through a lot of the things that you said, which are huge. The intermittent fasting, eating more healthy fats, low carbohydrates, exercising with higher intensity, kind of short burst type exercise. So those are all the strategies that we use to kind of stimulate that mitochondria. And then there's a whole slew of nutrients that do too. And this is kind of one of the areas that I, I absolutely love is nutrigenomics, how nutrients affect our genes, which is to me the coolest thing. It's like, okay, we can turn a gene on and affect, you know, how it functions based on how we eat and and nutrients. And unfortunately with most nutrients, you have to eat way more most of the clinical studies that show how to turn these genes on, you have to um, take in way too much of this nutrient to get that clinical effect. So it's a lot easier to take a a really high quality supplement for certain things. So certain nutrients like green tea are great for mitochondrial function. There's a nutrient called carnitine, which is great. Arginine, great. Resveratrol, which comes from grapes and blueberries, another really, really awesome. CoQ10, as you mentioned before. There's a nutrient called PQQ, rutein, quercetin, alpha-lipoic acid. So there's all these really cool nutrients that act like exercise in your body and they turn the gene on that makes more of these mitochondria. So wouldn't it be great to 
be able to kind of crank up that mitochondria with a good diet, a little bit of exercise, and a whole slew of nutrients. And that's kind of been my focus for my patients is I always look at that because I know if I can get their cells health good, their body just feels better. It runs better. And that's been that's been the approach that I've used, I think, which is much different than a lot of physicians. And it was something that I kind of backed into a long time ago when I was in residency, having some issues with my own fatigue mm-hmm. from working way too many hours. <laughs> so And you're not alone and too, especially midlife, you know, we feel like there's that rat race and burning the candle at both ends and trying to stay ahead of the the curve in so many ways. And we, we do what we shouldn't be doing. We should, we start sleeping less, working more, right. Stressing more. And that affects our hormones and runs us down. Same for men as it is for women. And that's really creating this mitochondrial stress, kind of like the starvation, right. Cause we're not getting the nutrients into the most important part of our cell. It's not just cell nutrition. It's, you know, mito- like mitochondrial powerhouse cell nutrition, right? That makes a difference. And I like what Dr. Gabriel Lyons said. She says, you know, we talk about obesity, whether it's women or men. She says, it's not that you're, you have too much fat. It's not a fat problem. It's too little muscle. It's the fact that you don't have enough muscle. That's the problem. And I, and that's where we need the mitochondria to build the muscle, right? So it's like that chicken and the egg phenomenon, but we have to build muscle. We are designed for times of adversity. Yeah. As we age, your muscles become very, very important because they release things called myokines, which are these little messenger regulators, hormones that really allow our bodies to run the way that it should run. You don't have it, not a good thing. So sarcopenia is not good as you get older. So I tell my patients, especially my older patients, that um, the most important thing is just get out and do something. If you can get to the gym, do a little bit of weights, a little resistance training, great, but exercise and keeping the muscles are huge, Mm -hmm. especially as we age. And then can you give an example of a patient coming in, say a 55, you know, a gentleman in the fifties that you see, you mentioned at the beginning, the one you were able to get off his blood pressure medicine and, and have him help him lose weight. Because I know, I know that's a really, that's, beautiful and we can do we can do more of that right so can you give another example so one of the things you know when when a patient comes in i i and what i see a lot of is overweight males i mean the majority of the males that that come in that don't regularly see doctors which is a lot cuz again guys just don't have a tendency to come in unless they're unless the significant other pushes them <laughs> through that door so a lot of them are overweight a lot of them have these early metabolic syndromes. And, you know, metabolic syndrome just means that they're an early type 2 diabetes. I don't like to use the term pre-diabetes because it means you don't have it. And as far as I'm concerned, if your sugar is not normal, it's abnormal. The disease process is the same. It just may not be as aggressive when your sugars are not as high as, you know, um, previous. So I've got a lot of guys that are that way. And if I can get them to, to understand and buy in allowing me to change a few things. Once they start feeling better, then we'll start seeing major changes. You know, one of the things that really disturbed me a long time ago, and this is the reason that I started doing weight loss in my practice over 24 years ago, is, you know, when we were trained to treat diabetics, they really didn't train us the right way. It's, you know, you know, we understood how to use the medications, but I could never understand the ADA diet because it's like, okay, we have a patient that doesn't 
handle or manage carbohydrates very well, why would 60% of their calories be carbohydrates and expect them to, to do well? And so what I saw was within you know, the, the first couple of years during residency and when I got out is that I really wasn't helping any of my diabetic patients out. You know, they're on this high carbohydrate diet. I was sending them to see dietitians and they were putting them on, you know, the standard ADA diet. And lo and behold, they're gaining more weight and I'm increasing their medicines. And I didn't help, you know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything here. I'm just, I'm making this worse as far as I was concerned. So I started looking at, you know, things like Mediterranean diets and, and, and how to, you know, and I thought to myself, well, if you don't handle carbohydrates very well, then which are starches and sugars, because a lot of patients don't understand that. Why would I be giving you a ton of it? Because it increases insulin, and we know insulin's an anabolic hormone, which, which packs weight on you. And it's also a very atherogenic hormone. So like if you want to increase heart disease, have high insulin levels. So I started looking at doing lower caloric intakes, and lo and behold, I was able to get diabetics who've been on medications, you know, two and three meds, off meds, after 70, 80 pounds of weight loss. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is really what we should be doing is helping guide. Here's the roadmap to feeling better. Here's the roadmap to getting off medications. Because every time you're on a medicine, there's an interaction, there's a nutrient depletion. And if you take nutrients out of your system, your body can't heal, period, right? And a lot of them affect vital organelles like your mitochondria. So to me, that was a huge eye-opener in why I kind of transitioned to doing more functional, more nutritional-based medicine, because to me, it was like, I know I'm helping someone here. I'm, I'm helping them find that roadmap. And I think with a lot of the guys that I see, there's a little bit of, you know, it's got, you got to get the trust. You got to get them to feel better. If you get someone to feel better by doing some simple things, some simple strategies, then it's a much easier buy-in to transition them even more and to start looking at more things. So I like to do a full risk stratification when they come in. And, and I do, I've been doing advanced lip panels and inflammatory markers and hormones on all my patients for a long time. And so I review that with them. I get them engaged, understand what their risks are, and then we come up with a good game plan, try to get them to feel better in the process. And the ones that buy in are the ones that are going to stay healthy. The ones that don't, unfortunately, are going to end up probably having diseases. And you know this in medicine because I'm, I'm sure you've seen it. When you've got metabolic issues and you don't do anything, it's a snowball effect when something bad happens. It's not one thing. You, you admit them for the hospital for something minor and three things happen during that hospital stay. And I saw that so much as an internist that I realized, wow, we have to catch them early. And so for me, I see these early diabetics, these early metabolic inflamed patients that come in and I look at it. And the other big thing is gut. There's so much gut disease out there right now. And I understand it very, very well because, you know, I've personally had some, some leaky gut issues. Um, again, another reason I went into more functional medicine because I didn't want to take meds to fix something that I coughed. But, you know, again, a big driver of inflammation in health. So healthy guts, healthy diets, I think are the, the two things that I focus on on a lot of those patients. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. You know, another thing too, just in looking at men that who are being diagnosed with low testosterone and they're only getting testosterone without 
And it's, it's just, we can't do it. I would tell my clients, you know, before I do hormones, or if I'm going to write your prescription and renew your prescription for hormones, you have to do these lifestyle things because ultimately you're, you're the CEO of your body. You are in charge of your body and you have to take action so that you can have control. I will help you, but this is, there's some rules here. And for my guys that I put on testosterone, it's usually not just testosterone. We're doing everything else, right? We're, we're encouraging HIIT exercises, high intensity interval training. For men, we're encouraging that good night's sleep. We're encouraging mitochondrial support, CoQ10, omega-3s. You know, I put everyone on Mighty Maca Plus, right? It increases our nitric oxide and helps with adrenal support. So we want to do these things for our clients, but also if they're getting testosterone, do we need to add HCG? Do we need to add Clomid? Do we need to preserve their own testicular function as this is maybe a crutch before, you know, and I see so many even younger men in their 30s or 40s that are coming in on testosterone, and these things haven't been addressed with them, and or just hasn't been given as an option. Yeah, I know. And I mean, and there's some natural things that'll boost it too. You know, there's a lot of natural nutrients like Tongat Ali, which is uh, long jack, stinging nettle. There's a whole slew of combos that will boost it, and I've seen it clinically. Sometimes I'll use a short course of HCG just to see if I can't kind of reboot that system a little bit. And I've been able to do that. I had a, this was probably got to be a solid 10 years ago. I had a, a young guy came in and had super low testosterone. He's like, you know, I'm trying to get pregnant and I haven't been able to do that. So we did just six weeks of HCG. Well, I imagine he him. was trying to get his wife pregnant. I just couldn't hold back. I couldn't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. Um, his wife, exactly. So he was able to do that. It was it was really cool. They had tried for several years prior and 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 didn't. And he came in. He's like, and initially, you know, he said, you know, my T's low. I'm really really tired and fatigue. And so there was kind of a combination of problems, uh, you know, that he presented with. And I said, well, testosterone is not the answer because that'll just shut it down. I said, but maybe we can boost it up a little bit. And it rebooted his system where I haven't seen him you know, since, well, I should say I have seen him since, and his, his levels were much, much higher after just a short course. So we were able to kind of re, reboot that back into place, which which kind of a neat thing. You know, anytime that you're not stuck on a medicine long-term is always a good thing, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very good. And uh, for our listeners, I'm introducing you to a dear friend and colleague, Dr. Anthony Capasso, who has a fabulous clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. And Anthony, tell our audience about how people can get a hold of you and go to your website and go to your clinic. Because again, one of the few specialists in hormones and functional medicine and taking a really holistic approach, you can see that he walks his talk. Thank you. My office phone number, if you want to make an appointment, is area code 904-694-0992. And our website is thin, T-H-I-N-M-D, medspa.com. So thinmdmedspa.com. I like that, thinmdmedspa.com. And say that phone number one more time. So area code 904-694-0992. Thank you. Thank you. What um, closing words do you have for our fat fat dads that are listening or and for the women who love them? I think the most important thing is figure out what motivates you to make that lifestyle change and stick to it. And a lot of it's just doing simple strategies. You know, I hear this a lot. This is a lot easier than I thought it would be. 
So it's not about starving yourself. It's about just understanding what to eat, how to eat, and you know sometimes the amount to eat. So I think starting with small strategies, whether it's uh, reducing portion size, reducing carbohydrates in portion size to start with, you know, once you start feeling better, it's a whole lot easier because you're like, wow, I do feel better when I've, you know, I've lost some weight and I'm putting better food into my body. It's just a, a matter of really what motivates you and try to focus on that motivation because that's going to be the key to, to keep things going. I'm a big fan of really seeing results quickly because I think that helps keep patients motivated. It takes a while to have a transition. So if you see results quickly, you're more likely to stick to it. So I'm always looking to try to get weight off quicker on the front end, but healthier. You know, So I, I don't care about that slow weight loss thing. I, I think that you're going to lose people if, if it's too slow. And the studies are, are that it's not bad to lose quickly on the front end. It's just understanding not to lose your muscle mass while you're dieting. And that's why we do body compositions and weekly weigh-ins to make sure that that muscle mass isn't dropping because that's your primary determinant of metabolism and health. Exactly. You know, Anthony and Keto Green 16, we've run it out of clinics, medical clinics in uh, Florida, running cases of having clients go through. We started it through the holidays, maybe not best timing. But since then, we've had a gentleman who went through two rounds of Keto Green 16. He lost 25 pounds, came off his blood pressure medicine, just is feeling great. So I'm looking forward to it. I interviewed him on March 9th. I'm excited to see how what he's experienced with it, but you're absolutely right. And that's kind of, that was part of my push with Keto Green 16 is in 16 days, we can see results. We see you know, symptom scores decrease and like this whole concept of low carbohydrate, we have to break up with sugar, both men and women, especially over 40, over 50, over, you know, over 60 and beyond. We've got to break up with the carbs. We need a certain high quality carbs, but also healthy fat and good quality protein so we can maintain our muscle. And then I supplement with CoQ10 daily. I love your mitochondrial reset product. You know, can you talk about that just for a second and then let people know where to get that too? When I was in residency, I was working really, really long hours and fatigued. And so I started looking at natural things because I didn't drink coffee or caffeine during medical school or residency, I think I was pretty much an outlier. But being super fatigued, I started looking at clinical studies to look for natural energy. And I started looking at things that support mitochondrial function like CoQ10. So I developed a product called Mitoblast2, M-I-T-O-B-L-A-S-T. And I've got several generations of it. Within two weeks of exercising, incredible how it helped improve my endurance. And then I saw some really cool things from that, I started losing weight and I was, I really wasn't trying to, cause I didn't really change my diet. And I noticed that my immune system was so much better. I wasn't getting sick. So I used to, you know, used to get one to two sinus infections a year. And for many, many years, I haven't been sick in over 20, God, 22 years since I've, you know, since I've been on it. So incredible product. And it's part of kind of my core with all my patients. I mean, everyone that's, that I'm talking about it because it, it's one of those things that really changed how I practice medicine. I wasn't trained on nutrients in medical school or residency, but when I got out, I did a lot of training, went to a lot of conferences and continued to do a lot of reading on nutrients because to me, that's really where our health is. is how, you know, what can we put in our systems to make it run better? Mitoblast was one of the things. And so you can either go to my, you can either go to the website, mitoblast.com, M-I-T-O-B-L-A-S-T.com and order it directly off of there. 
It's also on Amazon or it's on my my website, thinmdmedspa.com also. Yeah, perfect. All right. And then make an appointment yeah. with you in person to see you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. I truly enjoyed my discussion with Dr. Anthony Capasso on men's health, as well as what we need to do to boost our immune system. I want to share with you a testimonial of one of my clients who have done Keto Green 16. He is part of the early test group that we've been running in North Florida Integrative Medicine with Dr. Anjali Aki. She's been doing group medical visits with the pre-released Keto Green 16 plan in her practice as one of my test sites. And we've been following several clients over the past several months, I mean, several groups of clients. This most recent group had 30 clients in it. And one of them being male, the only male, is named David. And he is 57 years old on blood pressure medicine and about 80 pounds overweight. He has tried many diets over the past. Him and his wife have done many different programs and he was struggling. He was also about to be put on a blood sugar medication called metformin and really did not want to be. And so he joined the Keto Green 16 group medical visit with his wife. And let me tell you his results. In 16 days, he was feeling tremendous. A couple days before the end of the program, he was feeling somewhat weak and he went to see Dr. Aki. He thought, well, maybe I am getting the coronavirus. She evaluated him, checked his blood pressure, and it was quite low. He needed to be weaned off of his blood pressure medicine. So the good news is that in 16 days, not only was he able to start weaning off his blood pressure medicine that he'd been on for years, but he'd also lost 30 pounds. He lost 30 pounds. Men tend to skew our data, but let me tell you, the average age of women in the study, 61.6 years, average age of weight loss, nine pounds, and average improvement in symptoms, over a 50% reduction in their symptom scores. Man, I haven't seen the needles move like this in forever. So having something really positive to focus on, like your own health and the perfect plan like Keto Green 16 is really good for men and women. And that's what we want. Good news for David also, he didn't have to start his blood sugar medicine. So how great is that at age 57? So we want to encourage that, encourage men to join you on your Keto Green 16 journey. And remember, I am here for you. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca, the Girlfriend Doctor, and I will see you next week.